0: Welcome to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary, your host, the founder of O'Leary Publishing. And today, on episode 43, we have our best-selling author, Lauren Culp, who wrote American Cop Upholding the Constitution and Defending Your Right to Buy Arms. It is the three year anniversary of American Cop, the three year anniversary of O'Leary Publishing, as that book was published on President's Day 2019. So we wanted to get him back on the line hear about his success and all that's happened over the past three years. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it and you're going to see how a book can really open doors. Neither of us could have ever predicted what would happen. Let's get started. Welcome to the I'm Booked podcast. I'm April O'Leary and I'm glad to have you all back here. And I'm excited to say... We've got our very own Lauren Kolp here for a second interview, just shy of three years since the publication of his book, American Cop. So welcome back to the show, Lauren.
1: It's great to be back with you, April.
0: So we were just chatting right before we started this recording here and laughing that we can't believe it's been three years. Um, Lauren's book was launched on President's Day uh, in February, 2019. And a lot has happened since that publication, including another book called An Insubordinate Life, which came out last year and tells Lauren's story from country boy to candidate for governor. And tell me, Lauren, when you first launched American Cop, what were your hopes for that book at the time?
1: Um, I was just hoping to educate citizens here in Washington State uh, you know, about the constitution, about their rights and uh, about standing up for their rights Uh, because you know in in a lot of places um, our rights have been under attack so that that was the whole thing behind that book Um, and I didn't expect all that has happened since to actually happen it's kind of uh, kind of surreal what's been going on.
0: (laughs) Totally surreal and For those of you who know that i'm located in naples florida which couldn't be further away from the state of washington and lauren and i got connected through a mutual friend shemaine nugent and his facebook post which was in november of 2018 that got a lot of exposure around the gun rights that you were um, protecting in your town of republic washington led to the idea to generate this book and put it together in a very quick fashion i might add.
1: Yes. Um yeah i actually wrote uh wrote it and got it to you i think it was within a month the month of december of 20 It was within
0: a month. Yeah, it was, it was within was, a month.
1: <laughs> yes. It was crazy, so lord and i, I hopped to... on it it was uh, Go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, well we got a little bit because... of a
1: delay. Yeah.
0: Well, it was funny. So we, Lord and I hopped on the phone and we mapped out the book, sort of what, what he wanted to say and possible chapter titles and chapter, you know, the title of the book and we, we brainstormed. And then basically I said, if you can get it to me by December 31st, I will promise you, we get it out by president's day. And we did, but I literally did not hear one word from Lauren in the month of December. (laughs) Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I do. It was it was funny. I, you know, I had uh, I was working as a police chief in the the small town of Republic, Washington, and the month of December, you you know, we had some time off around Christmas. I took some vacation and I was literally sometimes I didn't sleep at night. I would get started um, working on the book and just get into it. And time would just fly by. But uh, I spent a lot of vacation days and my days off uh doing nothing but um typing away on that book. And uh yeah I didn't cause I you know, I didn't know a book should take six months or a year to write most of them, but <laughs> I just did what I was in my head and it just came out real quick.
0: And, and, you know, one of the things that I love about Lauren is that he's just a genuine person who's just passionate about his message. You know, we all bring our experience to the table when we become authors. So we all have our own individual life experiences, of the family we grew up in, the part of the world we grew up in, the things that are important to us and all of that. And so I believe that's why you're able to write your book so quickly, because it was part of who you are. And it was something that wasn't manufactured. It came out from the heart.
1: Right. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I I grew up in a very conservative home. My, my dad was a police officer when I was young, and then later on went into construction. Um, But very conservative home, you know, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights um, are very important documents, obviously. And the Second Amendment, especially in my family, we're a big, you know, hunting family, we go out and get our own meat to barbecue and to eat out in the woods. Um, And so the second amendment was very much uh, a part of my life and something that I truly believe in. Um, And so that's kind of the catalyst of what happened. They passed an anti-gun initiative here in Washington. And as the police chief, I put a post on Facebook that said, uh, I will not arrest people for um, that violation. And you know that's something that police chiefs and sheriffs, you know, they have discretion on what laws their departments are going to focus on, and that was absolutely not one that we were going to focus on, uh, because I, I took an oath of office to uphold and defend the Constitution, and I wasn't going to violate uh, citizens' constitutional rights. So that that's kind of the catalyst that started this whole thing, um, and when my post on Facebook. Um, to all of the, you know, 1,100 people that lived in Republic. When that went viral, um, it was picked up by the national news. I ended up on um, Tucker Carlson, and I did hundreds of radio and TV interviews, newspaper interviews from outlets all over the United States, and it it just kind of blew my mind that all of that happened, because, uh, you know, I believe that it is public servants' job to uphold the oath of office and protect citizens' rights. So that, that was a catalyst. And to see what happened after that, you know, the book, like you said, was published on um, President's Day three years ago. And so I just spent time after that on my days off. Every weekend, I would travel somewhere here in Washington State, going to sportsman shows and gun shows, um, you know, trying to promote the book. That's and get the information out to the citizens. That's what I was doing, um, and it's so funny because I, you know, I would go to these events, and I would be invited to different places to speak as well. Um, and then people, you know, after reading the book and hearing me speak, I started getting a lot of people um, asking me to run for governor, and. Um, That's where the craziness started because I I never I never was really a public speaker you know I didn't have any ambitions to be in politics Um, I was just kind of the guy that you know did a really good job at what I was doing um, and serving the citizens I had no ambitions to be into politics I I didn't like to speak in front of people you know I remember (laughs) some of the speaking events I went to I would have my speech written out. And I would stand at the podium, where literally with sweat just dripping off of my down my face, and I was shaking. Um, but I guess practice makes perfect because you know now I speak everywhere. But it was definitely it was way out of my comfort zone.
0: <laughs> and you know I love that you know back back before you um, took to the road, you know Lauren had. From his prior business being construction you had a trade trade show booth and you had the ingenious idea to refashion that booth as a book selling booth and so you got a banner made and you had some of the testimonials and amazon reviews on there and when you were showing up at these sportsman shows and gun shows you were shaking hands with people, you were taking pictures with them, you were selling the book, you were getting chance to speak on some of the stages and those, um, I remember there was one specific, was it the Falcon Gun Show? Yes. That you yeah, were going Falcon around and, and I don't know how I remembered that out of the air, but you would go and you would get some spots to speak at those events. And it's amazing what can happen just from a grassroots level when you're passionate about your message. And you know, so many authors that we work with They've got excellent books. They've got a great message, but if you don't really get out there and hustle, like if you hadn't gotten out to those shows and those sportsmen and and every weekend on your weekend off have somewhere to be, your book could still be languishing on your shelf. It would still be a great book, but nobody would have read it. And so it wouldn't have really maximized the purpose. And I, I think that you having the background as a business owner was also helpful. Would you say that's true?
1: Um, Yeah, it was true. But I remember talking to you about it, too, you know, because I I did, I wasn't seeking fame or notoriety or anything. I just wanted to get this information, you know, out out to the people um, so that, you know, that they understood their constitutional rights and they would stand up uh, for them as well. But I remember talking to you and, and, you know, uh, about having a website and, and having some swag and Uh, getting out and promoting the book. And it's like, oh, I I really don't want to do that. (laughs) But um, You know, because that was- I do do
0: remember I did, yeah. (laughs) I remember I did kind of force you. Yeah, push you out of your comfort zone.
1: (laughs) Right, I had to get out of that comfort zone. And, you know, really, when you think about it, that's the only way that, you know, you can grow as a person is by getting out of your comfort zone.
0: And, you know, it's funny to think that, you know, it's, it, there's a, there's a saying it's from the Bible, actually. I don't know if you know the saying that don't, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Have you heard of that?
1: Oh, I haven't heard of that. that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And so it's that we, you know, you got to start somewhere. And so when we started with this book, I remember, you know, yeah, the website and all of that. And I was like, at least let me get you like a MailChimp opt-in, you know, so they could download the, you know, remember it was like the top 10 gun facts or like, there was some report we did from the sheriff's desk or like something like that. I can't even remember. We put that at the front of your, at the front of the book. So people knew that they could find you online and download the special report, but then we had a way to contact them, follow up with them. And so I think that, you know, because you bought that GoDaddy URL and you've had the chief Culp URL, even though there wasn't some robust website or anything, it was literally just a basic free opt-in for MailChimp then that gave you the ability to then build the website add in the swag it grew into a full-scale political campaign so i want to bridge into that and say you know you started getting these rumblings from people who were asking you to run what were you thinking at that time
1: well it, it, when it first started happening um you know like i said i was really nervous public speaking um and it, the thought of you know it was it was it was a compliment, you know. They're they're asking me to run for governor, um, but it was still, you know, in the beginning, it was furthest thing from my mind. It's like a governor. That is like, wow, you know, jumped into the stratosphere all of a sudden, you know. Um, and I, at first, I had no desire to do it, but the the more and like I said, I was going every weekend. The more I went out and was speaking, um, the more and more people had read the book and were asking me the same thing. Everywhere I went, people were asking me the same thing. And then I started, you know, after a few months went by, it's like, you know what, why not? I, I don't see anybody else um, running for governor that, you, you know, and this was 2019 now, the election was in 20, 2020. Um, I, I didn't see anybody else that had jumped in that I could get behind. And uh, I was like, you know what? Why not? You know, it's time for just regular people to, to stand up and run for political office. Because um, the professional politicians on either side of the aisle, you know, they, they just get in it and uh, pretty quick they're in it for themselves, it seems like a lot of them. And so um, I think it was July um, after spending what five months traveling around the state, talking to everybody. Um, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to do it. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of people asking me to, so here we go. And I announced my candidacy for governor of Washington State. And um, there ended up being um, 36 candidates for governor. And there was, uh, well, one person in particular was kind of the, the favorite. You know, he was um probably better known on, on at least on one side of the state than I was had had money you know had the republican party basically backing him um and you know i had no one i had no campaign manager at the time i didn't even know how to run a campaign but uh, i just felt it was the right thing to do and you know i eventually found a campaign manager and um started traveling around doing little meet and greets and in the beginning Um, I remember having some meet and greets where I had to travel, you know, like six to eight hours away. And some of the meet and greets in the beginning, there was, uh, uh, I remember one in particular, there was only one couple there, husband and wife. And um, I treated it like it was a room full of people. But it, it grew over the next year. It grew to where we were having a full stage with a live band. I mean, a big production, um, you know, with vendors that would pay to come and have a spot to sell shirts and food and um, all kinds of things, artwork. And it grew to where we had two to 3,000 people at these events. Um, We usually had them on a Friday and a Saturday, and it was two to 3,000 people each night. Um, it, It was absolutely crazy, and it just grew. You know, the, the grassroots just sprung up and I ended up getting, I, I lost, you know, this is a, a heavily Democrat state. I lost to the incumbent, um, but I got more votes than any other Republican gubernatorial candidate in Washington state history by almost 350,000 votes. So it was absolutely amazing.
0: I wish I had like the button to push like cheering, like applause right now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) because it's amazing. And and watching this all unfold from Naples, Florida was incredible to see the amount of energy and excitement and how it grew. And even you were doing live Facebook streams every what's Tuesday night and Chris Skurgen, your political, your campaign manager would get on. And these things were like, professional with the lower thirds and the intro and the countdown timer and they were exciting
1: yeah yeah it was fun it you know and thank god for chris gergen um i i ended up uh he's he's my campaign manager was all through the 2020 campaign and currently is as well but thank god i met chris gergen and a funny little story i don't want to get too sidetracked here but um i'm Found Chris Gergen through Ted Nugent, believe it or not. Um, Ted Nugent and I, I remember that kind of in contact, you know, off and on over the years. Been to several of his concerts backstage, but I emailed him and told him that because I know he's very political, and uh, told him that I am running for governor. Things are kind of looking a little crazy, but I don't have a campaign manager I need one, and. Uh, Lo and behold, Ted Nugent knew Chris Gergen from other political campaigns and put us in touch and it's been history ever since.
0: It's amazing and I think that that it's crazy because so much one degree of separation and finding your people, It it comes down to somebody recommending somebody, you know, how did I find you? You know, how did you and I get connected, right? It was through an right. entirely other network. We knew each other through another network and you know, had had become you know kind of internet friends, and we knew each other. And I was starting a new publishing company, having you know done some of my own books and all of that. And um, you know, we were two you know new people starting new things at the same time. And you know, it's exciting to do things together with people that you you know and care about.
1: So and that that's then kind Ted of a wrote the forward st-
0: for your book, yeah.
1: Yes, he did. That's kind of a funny story in itself, too. April, I'm I. I knew, you know, we had met and I knew that you were an author, um, you know, getting back to starting American Cop. And I wanted to write this book, but I didn't know how to get started. I didn't know how to get a book published. And the thought came to me when I was like, April O'Leary, I know she's an author. She would know what I should do. And I I called you on the phone and told you that. And, And I remember distinctly, you said, well, that's funny, Lauren, I just started my own publishing company. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just <laughs> funny how all of these things uh, work out.
0: It really is. It really is crazy. And so, Lauren also then produced an audio CD because he had people that were asking for the audiobook version. So, he's got the audiobook version now of American Cop. And he went through the whole political campaign cycle. You know, got the most votes a Republican you know has ever garnered in the state of Washington, and now he is on to a new adventure. Uh, not only has he published a second book, *An Insubordinate Life*, because I believe um, from all of the feedback you got from people out on the road, is people want to know who you are, where did you come from, what's your story?
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was it was very weird and surreal. You know, not only to be running for governor, but to have people after I would get done speaking I'd come off stage and I'd have a little booth and people would line up for 100 or 150 yards long you know people that had been in the audience to come up and shake my hand get a picture you know have an autograph book or whatever Um, but I did I get a lot of questions you know about um, who, who I was you know they knew me as the police chief who stood up for citizens rights but they didn't know anything about my life. And so I thought, well, you know what, I should write another book. <laughs> that's what I did. With <laughs> with your help, And you course. know,
0: and, and, you know, one thing I love about that book is it really shows you as just a human being, just like any of us without any pretense, without any errors, you weren't like, I got to climb the top of this mountain, and I'm going to be, you know, step on people to get there. I think that the opportunity presented itself, you know, politics is about serving and you were serving already as a, as a police chief. So you had been in service in the army and your whole life has really been about service. you know, serving public service. Right. And so to me, this is just a different form of public service. And so you took that very seriously. Um, and I think through an insubordinate life, you showed that it wasn't like this concept of serving the public was totally new and you were going to just sort of ride this wave of a viral Facebook post. It was like, this is part of who you are. This is the way you were raised.
1: Yeah, even, even when I was running my own business, you know, I, I became a police officer late in life. I was 49 when I decided to realize my childhood dream and become a police officer. But for 20 years, you know, after I got out of the military, I, I went to work in the construction field. I learned how to build houses uh, for a few years. And then started my own construction company and for just a little over 20 years I ran that construction business so that that was a service business as well you know I'm serving the customers or the contractor or whoever I'm working for so yeah my whole life has pretty much um, been in the service you know industry of one form or another whether it's military or police or or run my own business so and
0: and I think that's why people connected so much with you because you embody the American dream someone who was able to run a business who was able to serve their country who was able to you know you come from a small town so you're not detached from the people that you're serving you know you are the people you're serving and so that led you you know you went through this whole campaign you wrote this other book and now talk about your new um, political endeavor campaign
1: okay yeah like I like we've been talking about you know I'm, I'm a conservative um but Republican and so after the campaign in 2020 um I was trying to think about okay well that was great <laughs> what should I do next <laughs> and it just so happens that you know I was kind of kind of, uh, well, I was taken by surprise, I guess you could say, because four days before the election, um, the city where I was the chief of police decided to go with a contract with the county and, and do away with my police department. Uh, they thought they could save money doing that. So I was, uh, four days before the election, I was out of a job. And um, then the election happened and we lost. And so it's like, okay, well, um, hmm. I'm almost 60 years old uh, what do I do now so I, I retired from uh, being a police officer and I was trying to figure out what you know I'm going to do next and so I decided that well you know what we didn't win that one we didn't win that that battle but the war's not over so I, I looked around and um there was a candidate or an uh, incumbent congressman here in Washington um, that voted to impeach President Trump and then voted for the January 6th Commission. And so I decided that I'm going to run against that uh, Republican and um, take a shot at getting into Congress so that I can serve the people there. Um, you know, the governor's race is not for another four years if I was even thinking about running for that again. But so um, I'm right now I'm in the middle of a campaign uh, for U.S. Congress here in the fourth district of Washington state. And um, that that's going very well, you know, from residual, I guess from the governor's race, I've got a ton of support uh, in the district uh, that I'm in, uh, that I'm running in is the most conservative district in the state as well. So got a lot of support going there.
0: That's awesome. And so you'll um, be traveling, assuming you win, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but back and forth to DC. And that's a really exciting new adventure to be on as
1: well. Absolutely. Yes. And and I just got a phone call a few days ago from um, President Trump, and he has endorsed my campaign as well. So if you're conservative, that's, that's a good thing. So looking forward to this yeah. campaign.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice that's a nice disclaimer. You know, I saw that and I thought, you know what, regardless of, of whether you do or don't like Trump, I mean, how many people get endorsed by a, a a president in their lifetime? You know, I mean, that's a really, really cool thing to have happened, you know. So we congratulate you for that. And to say in three years to go from a police chief in your town of a thousand people to traveling around, selling your book, building a website, building a brand, hiring a, you know, getting a political, a campaign manager, going across the state, running a, you know, gubernatorial race, and now running for US representative is like unbelievable. It, it's not, not even a big dream. enough. It's not even a. It's not I, even a big enough word. Unbelievable. It's like, <laughs> it's like what? Else, what? I, I'm grasping for words here.
1: I never dreamed that any of this would happen, April. It's you know I still have to pinch myself now and then. I mean I'm, I'm sitting in my office doing interviews on television um, multiple times a week. It's you know if somebody would have come up to me before I decided to. Right American Cop, you know, a few years ago and said, you know what, um, you're going to be on TV multiple times a week. You're going to get a phone call from the former president of the United States. Uh, you know, all of this stuff, your book's going to be a number one bestseller. Um, all of these things. I just said, you are crazy. I'm just a guy <laughs> hanging out in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know when you say yes to something and just do what You you know what's inside of you to do, you never know what what world that's gonna open up. It's just been amazing. And I owe a big thank you to you and your publishing company. It's I've been absolutely amazing working with you and and the people that you have working with you. It was you know, like I said, I've never written a book before, didn't know the first thing about it. I just knew I needed to get thoughts in my head down on paper and you guys walked me through that whole thing and and helped me out with it all. It was absolutely amazing.
0: Well, I'm I'm super honored that we were able to do it together and, you know, I just think that to me the power of a book to be able to spread a message, there's nothing there's almost nothing that can match that
1: because no, you're we... able to
0: duplicate yourself and and people can sit in their living rooms and listen to your voice through your book in a way that you know, they may never hear you, you may never get to talk to them, or they may not be able to attend a rally or whatever. And yet you're still able to share your message. And to me, that's what's so important about putting it all down on paper, even when you're like, I I don't know how to write a book, I don't know what I'm doing. But when you work with people who can help you, it's not really that hard, is it?
1: No, it's not. No. And, you know, you never know who you're going to reach or what impact it's going to have on other people. You know, even writing stories about things that have happened in my life. um, You know, I've had people come up to me with tears in their eyes and and say, you know, I, I could hear I could hear your voice when I was reading your book. And so many things that happened to you happened to me. And just knowing somebody else went through some of the things was It was empowering to that person that read it. So you never know who you're going to impact, you know, with what story. So it's absolutely amazing.
0: It is amazing. So I still need to get up to the state of Washington and tool around with you and I don't know, shoot a tin can or something because I don't really know a lot about guns. You know, I grew up in the city, so. I'm still a city girl, but I'm willing to let you teach me. If you put a tin okay. can, I don't know. Do people do that? I know it's like a stereotype, right? Put a tin can on like a wooden fence or something. I don't know, but it sounds like an idea.
1: It happens. <laughs> it
0: happens. Does it does it happen? So Definitely. I I just want to I just want to thank you so much for your time to be back on today and give us a full update. And celebrate three years of O'Leary Publishing and three years of American Cop and, uh, you know, three years of us, you know, endeavoring to do something that we had no idea, you know, we were shooting blind. Isn't that true? (laughs)
1: Yes, it was great. It was absolutely awesome. (laughs) And yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I'm going to be traveling to Florida sometime soon and and we'll have to get together for at least a cup of coffee or lunch or something like That, that.
0: That would, that would be awesome. So, and if you haven't picked up Lauren's book "An insubordinate life, I encourage you to do so. You will see more about him behind the scenes, how he grew up, where he came from. And you will love him even more, even more than you already do after this interview. So, thank you again, Lauren. Where should they go to, to contribute to your campaign or find more about you online?
1: Um, my campaign website is culp 4 And that's culp, C U L P.
0: Culp4FOR or the letter four or the number four? F O R. F O R. Culp4congress.com. Culp yep. Pick up his book, support his campaign. And thank you so much, Lauren, for being a part of all that we're we're about here at O'Leary Publishing, which is sharing our passions, raising movable consciousness, and making a difference in the world. And you're certainly doing that. And We thank you for being a part of it.
1: Well, thank you, April. I really appreciate everything you've done.
0: that was episode 43. Congratulations to Lauren Culp for all of his success, his publication of American Cop, his gubernatorial race, his race for U.S. Congress, his book, An Insubordinate Life, and for taking a journey and taking a risk on himself to share a message he was truly passionate about. To find out more about Lauren, you can visit him at culpforcongress.com. To find out more about getting your message out into the world, visit us online at o'learypublishing.com where you can download The Influencer's Path to Successful Publishing free and learn more about how you can get your word, your message, your passion out into the world. We look forward to connecting with you and thank you for being a part of the I'm Book podcast. Have an amazing day.